Welcome to Outside Voice Inside. This week's episode is titled, Sports, Show Me the Money. Today we discuss ESPN's 30 for 30 documentary, Broke, and the do's and don'ts of finances. So grab a seat, take a listen, and we hope you enjoy Outside Voice Inside. glasses because I'm laughing. Um, before we get into showing the money, I am Sin Delano. I'm actually not tired this week. I mean, I am, but I'm not as tired. Right. I have I have a little a little tinge of energy. Um, and maybe you know I I have to give a shout out to the bug. I have this energy because. She was invited into the National Honor Society for her school. So I've kind of been on cloud nine, super proud of my kid. Um, It's a great thing. So it kind of cancels out all the other things this week that have been ain't shit. (laughs) I'm dwelling in this happiness. I'm absorbing this joy. So yes, I'm Cindelano and you are... I am a Tam Joiner, and um, I would like to start a course on critical thinking skills because everyone seems to lack those. Um, it's an can I ep- can I teach it part time? Yes, it's it's an <laughs> epidemic in our community. Um, oh. And welcome to Outside Voice Inside. <laughs> I'm actually excited. I'm actually excited about this episode. Um, like, I feel like the universe is super aligned with us because even in our current events, which we'll get into because the world is still a ghetto, it aligns with what we're talking about this month. So yeah. I, I'm, I'm actually excited about this. Yeah. So, like it's just a whole lot. The world is such a ghetto. It is. But before we, we capitalize on that, Let's talk about uh, what's been in our speaker box. I, I've i had a little bit of throwback action okay, um, on repeat. Okay, and yeah, like I was listening to En Vogue, Free Your Mind. Girl, what, what brought you there? You know what? I don't know how I fell down the rabbit hole of En Vogue. I, I've always loved their harmonies. Right. And... I think one, you know how I fell down that rabbit hole? Tank, because you know I listen to him and Jay Valentine's uh, podcast, R&B Money, and he always talks about harmonies and singing. And I honestly feel like Tank is one of the most underrated musicians. And I'm saying musician because he plays instruments and he sings. He's a phenomenal musical artist and he has great harmonies like i don't think there's anything tank has ever sung where i've been like "Mm -mm, don't do that no more he 
He's one of those people like I would pay money to see him sing the alphabet. Like I'm not even yes. being funny. Like he could sing a phone book, and I'd be like, "Yeah, <laughs> I would be ready for it." Listening to him makes me like Jamie Foxx's voice more. Yeah, because they're both very good at that. So that's how I ended up listening to In Vogue. I was just listening to all of their music, and I was like, I really used to like this song when I was a kid. And if you listen to the words, it's like, yeah, that's the shit I was on. But I really wasn't able to express myself like that because my house was um, the terror dome of autocracy and patriarchy. Moving on. Another throwback. Rihanna, No Love Allowed. That's my shit. Wow. That is my shit. I haven't heard that song in years. That used to be my shit too, though. <laughs> Why did you murder us? Why did you kill us? Yeah. I, I could say this to he who shall not be named. Why did you murder yeah. us? Right? I used to love that song. It's the jam. Yes. Last but not least, Rari, feel good. You that's have to listen to that. That's the old song, right? Is that the yes, it's old. it's old. Okay. Like, none of this stuff is new. Okay. I, you know, when we talk about what's in our speaker box, most I'm trying not to center music I listen to on Fridays because that's mostly new music. Right, right, right. Because I listen to music legit every day whether I'm sitting here working from home or I'm in the car. So I, the ones, the music that I'm sharing with you is the stuff I've listened to up to mainly from Saturday Mm -hmm. to Friday. And I, I'm trying my best not to include Friday music. Sometimes it slips in, you know, right. Kid Cudi, for instance, but he's a given. Yes. Nevertheless, what have you been listening to? Um, so <laughs> so my sister had a weird moment uh, last night. She was like, whatever happened to that dude? And I was like, you need to give me more clues than that. And she was like, the, yes. dude, the dude that had the song with Nas and he was singing the hook. And I was like, you talking about Corn? And she was like, how did you know his name? And I was like, so y'all can laugh with me. He's my friend on Facebook. I don't, first of all, y'all, I don't use my Facebook. <laughs> so I've been friends with this man for like a really long time. But um, I I always was interested in Quan and him rapping was because he's from Newport News, uh, Virginia, or at least he grew up in Newport News. And that's uh, 757. That's where I'm from. So um, he had the song with Nas called Just a Moment. And it was what my my sister loved that song, but that song was a jam. Like when it was out, that was the shit. It was on Street. It was on Nas's album Street Disciple, and it was called Just a Moment. And it was uh, Quan and Nas. So I've been listening to that because my sister brought it up out of the, the blue, and I'm in the house snapping my fingers, singing along with the song. So that's what I was listening to. And new music alert. <laughs> Um, I've been listening to on repeat uh, is forever. And Sunita, tell me how it's listed because I don't want to say it wrong for Vince. I don't want to. It's Vince and Valhalla and the Valhalla Empire. 
it's Valhalla's family. You know what? Let's just, not I, I, let's not fuck this up. I no, have I, I have my my music open, so I'm going to tell you, Vince. Let's see. For yes, me. I got it. I pulled it up. Vince and yes. the Valhalla Empire and Aiden Lewis. Yes. So the song is called Forever. Um, if y'all really like 90s R&B like y'all say y'all do, because y'all be always talking about, ooh, I wish R&B sounded like the 90s. Well, we got something for you. It sounds like the 90s. It feels, yes. it's not even that it sounds like the 90s. It feels like the 90s. Like, mm-hmm. it's definitely going to put you in a 90s frame of mind when you listen to it. But I love the song. It's called Forever. And if you watch our first season or listen to our first season, Vince was a guest of ours and he told us about this song many moons ago. And now it's here for y'all to run it up. I need for y'all to run it up. But it's the tune is called Forever and it's a beautiful song and I loved it. So that's what I've been yes. yes. I was also listening to that on repeat, but I was trying to not mention it because it was new music. But I have been posting it and retweeting it. Yeah. And I put it in my stories. So yeah. you guys will catch it. It was yeah. good. Um, moving on to this ghetto bitch-ass place we live in. Um, Look, you see, you see me. <laughs> most of this info is going to focus around the sports world. I want to start with the first thing. And here's the thing. When we talk about the world is a ghetto, we're not necessarily focusing on these people because we don't want it to be gossipy. Right. We're focusing on behavior. That's what we want to focus on because just to remind y'all, Outside Voice Inside is about our relationships with people, places, and things. Yes. So the world is a ghetto is our relationship with things that are going on in the world. We don't have a relationship with these people, but I'm pretty sure it can be relatable. If you look at it from the perspective of behaviors, right? Mm -hmm. So Kunye, his behavior has been disgusting to the point that we have different groups of black people paying attention in different ways, right? Mm-hmm. So you have your group of black people who are just like, why are you guys giving him attention? It is a distraction from more important things. You should be doing this. I call that the self-righteous crew, okay? Because in order for you to tell us that we're being distracted, that means you have to pay attention too. But you think that you're above us because you're telling us what to do. I love my dear Toni Morrison. You know that is one of my favorite writers. But she did the same thing by talking about racism is a distraction. She didn't just say racism is a distraction. Find something else to do, niggas, period, the end. This nigga wrote a paragraph about this long about how distracted niggas were by racism as if it is something we can afford to not be distracted by. Again, she's one of my favorite writers, but sometimes I feel like in trying to get each other to see where we can improve in our behaviors, we sometimes come off very self-righteous to one another. 
So you have your self-righteous Kanye people, the, the people that are paying attention to him. Then you have the idiots who think just like him and think he is validated in his narcissistic behaviors. That's not a diagnosis. I'm not a therapist. He just has very narcissistic behaviors. I'm stating facts here. And then, of course, you have the other people who are just like, this is ridiculous. We have so much things fighting against us as Black people. We do not need to be treating each other like this because you do not see his ire go towards white people. Ever. Ever. You never see him. Well, we did. I want to say back in when George Bush was president. That was the last time we saw it. George yeah. Bush doesn't like black people. That was the last time I I feel like there was some authentic behavior. And I even asked someone to expound on what they were saying because they were just like, let that man work. And I was like, what do you mean by that? A black person said this. And they were like, their, their response to me was totally contradictory to what they put in their story. I'm sorry. I just like almost spit out my water because I was just like, let him work? What kind of work is he doing? The devil's work. That's what he's doing. Yeah. But they were like, you know, this is to get attention towards the things that he's doing. He's doing a reboot. And if we're paying enough attention, then he's accomplishing his goal. And it's just like, but he's taunting people. He's taunting people. And so when you say, let that man work, it sounds like you're in cahoots with him. So I just want to be clear because personally, I'm not supporting this fucker. I don't support this type of behavior from anybody. I don't matter who you are. Let that man work. I need you to tell me who said this so I can personally punch them in the face. So I will not tell you on this here episode. (laughs) I will not tell you here because I do not desire to uh, defame this person (laughs) on the podcast. I don't care to shine in a negative light. I'll tell you outside of it. Because it doesn't make any sense. Like what you're saying doesn't make any sense. What? This is an otherwise intelligent person who's supportive of black people. Wait, so, so here's my thing, is that when it comes to Kunye, it's like, we all have our favorites, but it's really like, you throw all your logic and everything good for your community out the window when it comes to him. Nobody else can get away with it, but because you're a fan, you throw that shit out the window. I feel like, you know how most of the time we're like, we're his friends. He obviously doesn't have any. I feel like people have been extending him grace. And a lot of times this also happens. I'm going to start talking about mental health, y'all. This happens a lot with people who are not managing their mental health. Mm-hmm. And it's getting out of control. And the compassionate and empathetic thing to do is to understand this person's dealing with whatever, right? So I'm going to, I'm going to cut them some slack. I'm going to extend them some grace. But when this person repeatedly is showing their ass, attacking people, antagonizing people for no reason, 
other than they can. Right. I feel like it's time for you to, to suffer the consequences of your behavior for refusing to manage your mental health. Yeah. Because you're not going to blame this on mental health. That only creates a bigger stigma about mental lack health. of mental health. Yeah. Like not taking care of ourselves. So that's kind of where I draw the line. It's, yeah. I know some people cringe when I be like, if you're, if you know that you need medication to manage whatever you have going on and you do not take it, you refuse to take it for whatever fucking reason. And you're not managing your health in any other way, because there are medications that I have been prescribed and I cannot take them because I have allergic reactions, but I do know that has to be supplemented in some way. So if it means cutting out other things in my life in order for me to manage my health, that's what I have to do. But if you're not doing any of that, I can't fuck with you because your unhinged shit is not going to bleed over into my life. Right. And, and at this point, this is going to sound very cold. I'm sick of people talking about his mental health as is the reason. Like, okay, that may be, that may actually be correct. But for this long, this man says he's not going to take the medication and he's not going to do the necessary things to control the issues that he may have with his mental health. Then I ain't got no sympathy for that hoe. Like I can't. Because do we cut, do we give anyone this much slack, alcoholics this much slack? Mm-mm. When they say they're not going to stop drinking. Okay, well, I'm never getting in a car with you. Right. How about that? You can't drive me anywhere. You can't drive my children anywhere. You can't come to my house because you act the fuck up. So I'm just supposed to let you beat the shit out of me because you're alcoholic. Right. If you're an alcoholic, you have to you have to show them grace. My grace stops at a certain point when you start harming yeah. people. Whether that's physically, emotionally, mentally, verbally, some distance needs to be put between you and other people. That is what rehab is for people. Right. But I feel like that Kanye is harming the black community and we need to put some distance between us and him. I've done my part. When are you all going to do yours? We all have choices to make. Yes. Make your choice and leave other people alone. Moving on. (laughs) Also, behavior here. We talk, there's tons of things that are wrong with the picture of Tom Brady pulling a Jay-Z on Giselle and the children. And for those who are unaware of what I'm saying, I'm not saying Tom Brady cheated on Giselle. I'm saying Jay-Z told us for years that he was retiring. He pumped faked on us. I'm still retiring. And then he went on to create how many more records? I don't, listen, you made a record with your wife. That counts. Retire means you stop doing something right you you stop doing something and you go on to do something else he didn't do that mm-hmm. he created multiple records after yep. that yes he did that is what i'm referring to when i say tom brady pulled a jay-z on his family now it just didn't go over as well as jay-z's pump fake did 
No. Because he had committed, and I. this is the part of outside voice insight. We are bringing our outside voice insight on this because honor your commitments in your relationships with people. Period. We constantly say when things come up, like last week, we don't know the arrangement that Ime had with his wife. And I'm purposely not saying her name because leave that woman alone. Right. But you're right. We don't know what commitments people have in their relationships. But this one was loud and clear. You were supposed to play for X amount of years. You exceeded that. Then you retired, got ants in your pants at home, and you needed to dance. So you went back to your fucking job. Wait, wait, wait. But here's the thing. His retirement didn't even last a whole four months, my nigga. Like, you were retired literally for like a day. Like, like literally a day. Because when you're used to being the fucking boss... Retiring from that mindset is tough. However, you you are we gonna are we gonna do this? Are we really gonna talk about what Giselle gave up to birth your fucking children? And now you're just like, eh, well, you know, you've been doing this, so just continue to do it. Well, I go, well, I go do this real quick. Real quick, I cannot. Real quick, Tom, you've been through it. Real quick, what you mean? I can't be mad at that woman for saying, "Listen here, I've had enough. I've had enough because it has been longer than ten years. It's been longer than ten years." Here's the thing. It's been longer than ten years, but you all, as a family made a fucking decision that Mm -hmm. you were not going to play football. You didn't make that decision on your own. I know you didn't make that decision on your own. I know you talked to your wife and y'all had a million conversations about that. So you pretty much, you pretty much lied to her face. Yes. And your children. You lied to your children too. Yeah. So the fact that she's like, let me go and get this divorce lawyer. It's what it is. What it is. You chose. You made your choice. Hope the boys keep you warm at night. Ball is life, and now you must commit to that. So what you finna do now? I, I'm gonna say this. First of all, as a New England Patriots fan, when he left, <laughs> when he left New England and went to Tampa Bay, I was disgusted. And then when he turned around and won a fucking Super Bowl, I wanted to hit him in the knees with a crowbar. I <laughs> lied. A la Tanya Harding um, <laughs> style. But I will say this that when he got with Giselle, she upgraded that nigga. Like, she upgraded him. Thank you. She upgraded him, but I want you to, I want everybody to know that she upgraded him. But now that she has left the house, that nigga looks old as Methuselah. I saw him the other day. He does not look well. And well, there it is. Your second sunshine is gone, son. Yeah, that's it. I mean, moving on. <laughs> like, yeah, more, more NFL shit. We're gonna talk about you. You, 
you have been following this far more than me about concussion tea. I give everyone nicknames. Um, yeah. I've been following it because, first of all, like, first of all, concussion tea. Um, his, the young man's name is, uh, I cannot pronounce his last name, Tua Tagavalioa. I, I'm oh saying, my God. Oh my I'm God. I'm saying it wrong. Please I just think, call him concussion tea. <laughs> I, think he, I think that he's, he's, uh, Samoan, and that's why I'm I'm jacking his name up. I think that he's Samoan, and that's so, why I'm saying it the proper way that they say it. Samoa. That's what. Okay. That, that's how they say it. So I'm, I'm okay. taking my clues from them. But okay. um, so we talked about concussion tea and about how the protocol was horrible. They sent the man back to the game. He wasn't ready to go back into the game. And then I discussed how the doctor who um, was affiliated with the team got fired by the uh, NFL Players Association because of the terrible um, protocol decision to send this man back into the game. Um, And then in the middle of the week, I don't know if you guys have, uh, I can't remember the name of the movie that Will Smith was in, but he was, he played an African doctor that was talking, that was discussing CET was the man that discovered CET. So the, the, is it CET or CTE? C C E E T is something at my job. Excuse me. <laughs> I'm confused. C T he discovers C T E. And um, you know, in the movie Will Smith was playing a real person. So the mm-hmm. doctor who uh discovered C T E came out and basically said that concussion T needs to go ahead and retire. And now mind you, this young man, if I remember correctly, is like two years out of college. Like he's fresh in the NFL. Like he is like, he ain't been there that long. He ain't played that long. So of course him having him, this happening to him and his career possibly ending over this, it's like devastating for him mm-hmm. at this point. So now this week, um, the uh, NFL Players Association has requested that the NFL change the concussion protocol. So now they're they're looking at the way that things have been, and now they're looking into um, to changing it so that it it's better for the players. Because God knows, I don't know who is who is working for at this point because it ain't working. Obviously, like I don't know what you all have in place. But obviously, it's incorrect in a way. Like, I just, I, I think it's weird that if you, as a regular person on the street, get a concussion, there's things that you have to do. And they usually aren't doing mm-hmm. anything for a couple of days after mm-hmm. you get said concussion. But you take this football player who's who's getting hit by people who may be 250 to 300 pounds in the locker room, and in 15 minutes, you can determine that he can go back onto the field. It doesn't make any goddamn sense. It doesn't make any goddamn sense. It's, and this is where we have to, we have to address our relationship with humanity. A lot of people do not see football players as nothing more than entertainment. It is the modern day gladiator games. It is. And it's, it's fucked up because these men have families. 
They have people who love them and care about them. And all the public is concerned about and these owners is show me the money. If you're on the sidelines, you cannot make me money. You cannot play. You can't win us um, a Super Bowl. So fuck is you doing? Get up and go play. And if you die in the meantime, will you die dedicated to the game? And I just feel like we are in this space where we would rather be inhumane to these people because we don't see them as people. By the way, that movie with Will Smith is called Concussion. Damn. <laughs> Such a look. We should know. We should know. Yes. But no. <laughs> regardless, I just I'm kind of appalled at how our hu- our good side of humanity is losing to our negative side. Yeah. The, even the general public doesn't give a fuck about concussion tea. They're like because they know somebody else will replace him tomorrow. Yeah, and that's and that's the you know the thing that I hate you know, fanboys. I really hate the fanboys. Well, like you know they put such such in the game, but I mean, when is he coming back, nigga? When he can come? When he can come back? If he wants to come back? Because they don't value his life; they value this game. Yeah. This game that they kid, they're not even capable of playing. Otherwise, why aren't you in the NFL getting your knock the fuck off? That they're not capable of playing, that they would never allow their kids to play. That's the bullshit. That part. That that's the part that, bo- that's that, the part. that bothers me. Because are you kidding me? Like, you don't care anything about this man. Like, you one iota, you don't give a shit about this man. For real, for real. But it doesn't it doesn't directly affect them, right? But you, but you, are you not entertained? That's they just want to be entertained. Yeah, and that's, that's what it and comes that, down to. And that's really like I feel like some athletes know this. It's mm-hmm. such a it's such a harsh reality. Like mm-hmm. you get paid for people to watch you, you know, do this thing, and if you can't do this thing for them. The fan, all of it goes away. They toss you to the side. They don't yep. care that you can't walk anymore. You, your hip is jacked up, and now as you grow older, you have to walk with a cane because you got hit so many. Nobody cares about that. There are so many people who play in the NFL that nobody even know because right. that is how easily replaceable they are. Yeah, I want better for concussion tea, and I want us to like dig in the depths of our raggedy ass souls and pull out our good humanity. Cause we we're losing, we're losing to the dark side. Baby. We really are. A hot mess. Just a, it's a Moving on. Hat. You know, there's more dark side here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Episode 28, show me the money. We're talking about one of the darker parts of the NFL outside of treating these men like they are fucking nothing. We're going to tackle the financial part. You know, me and Tamara, we don't have to play football. We don't even have to watch it to know that the financial side of things is it's wonky. It's a little wonky. Mm-hmm. Super. However, 
you know, there, and we're going to talk about this. There are people in the NBA, NBA, in the NFL, actually throughout all sports. Yeah. The NFL, the NBA, and Major League Baseball that have made some lucrative business decisions because when we hear that they've made millions during their career, it sounds great. Like, oh, this nigga, this nigga gotta be rich still. He made $492 million over the course of his career. But that's $492 million before taxes. And 50% that's, gone. Well, 50% gone. Right. That's <laughs> $492 million before taking care of your entire family. And that's $492 million over the course of your career. So we're going to get into like some numbers. But even if you take Magic Johnson, right? He had a 17-year stretch in the NBA. Yep. You have to take those millions and divide that by all 17 years. Right. But you also have to counter in what he has paid for over these 17 years. Let me tell you, because I'm going to give you all some details. If he had not made lucrative business decisions... If Magic Johnson Enterprises had not been created, he would be just as broke as the hundreds of players. I, I is it is it exaggerating to say the thousands of players? Well, if we're talking to all sports, you probably could say that. Yes, we're talking all, all sports. sports. The yeah. thousands of major league players that have no money, who are bankrupt. Some of them have become homeless, drug addicts. You know, it was one statistic, and I can't remember the actual like percentage, or excuse me, the actual number, but they were like, after somebody stops playing on average, it's like a year, six months to a year, and they, they don't have any money. Yeah, well, you know, Tamara and I, just to make sure that we were getting our facts straight, mm-hmm. we watched 30 for 30 broke. And in that, they said it was one to two years. Yeah, like, They have no money like, like, after they stopped playing. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine? No. Can you imagine no. <laughs> working for a billion dollar industry for a decade of your life only to be broke two years after retirement. And these guys are not retiring at like 60 and 65 because these sports are a young man's game, period. I will say- There's no argument to be had. I will say that, and I I always tell people this, um, Major League Baseball, they usually play the longest. Mm-hmm. And I always go, I always look at Cal Ripken because Cal Ripken played until he was almost an old man in, in baseball standards, like an old man in baseball standards. He played yeah. until, well into his forties. If I'm, if I remember correctly, oh, but, but, but that that's because 
baseball is not a contact sport and like and basketball isn't necessarily a contact sport but that running and that jumping on the knees those yeah. things go quick when you when you're playing so it's it's less of um with baseball it's less wear and tear on your body so their careers usually last a little bit longer and some of them have the most exaggerated amount of contracts that like the Alex Rodriguez numbers were just astronomical and crazy sounding, but you know, they have very, very long careers as opposed to like some NFL players don't last more than five years. Because true to what happened with concussion T a lot of these players, their brains are like a box of macaroni, uncooked macaroni. You shake that box and their brain is like rattling in their skull. And this is with every hit. Mm -hmm. With every hit. So if you have a position where it is expected that you're taking hits, like I'm, I really wish to see their brain scans after they've been playing just for a year. What wear and tear you have on your body. And then Insurance is astronomical as it is, but the upkeep to take care of your body, you know, when we're talking about finances, how often do we mention that part? The physical therapy that these guys have to go through on a regular basis to make sure that their body is moving the way that it needs to move. But let's, let's, let's really look at it. Oh God. And I, I hate that I'm this person. Holy smokes, I've become this person. The um, athletes on these professional football teams, these professional basketball teams, these professional baseball teams are all products for the the owners. So yes. the, the owners are going to spend the money. They're going to, you know, do all these things while they're while they are producing for them. Yes. When they are no longer producing for them, well, when you, here's the thing. When you join the NFL, you become a member of the NFL's players, the NFL Players Association. I know that there was a few years back that some of the older, elder NFL players, like in Joe Namath, to name one, he's the one that I'm thinking about in particular, like he sued them for, because whatever the pension or the insurance wasn't right. For like mm-hmm. all the things he had done for the NFL, and y'all don't want to pay this man money. Mm-hmm. Like at some point, Broadway Joe was the face of the NFL. I mean, if you don't know who Broadway Joe is and who Joe Namath is, you're too young to be listening to us. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you're a football lover, you better know who he is. But I, th- I think that you know, while you are producing for these people. They will go to the ends of the earth to make sure that your health is taken care of, that you have the necessary things for physical therapy. And most of the times they'll take the hit for it. But when you are no longer producing for them, you are no longer the product that they need and they let you go and nobody picks you up. You're out in the world. You still have these injuries. Mm -hmm. Now you have to pay for those. Mm -hmm. So... That costs a whole lot of money. I mean, you might not know that 
people, you know, when it's a, and this is kind of like when you're a kid and your parents pay your insurance. And then when you turn 18 mm-hmm. or you graduate from college and then you have to pay your own insurance and you're like, what the hell? I got to pay for this? It's, yes. the, it's the same scenario. And the thing about injuries is once you've started having physical therapy of any kind, or any any type of corrective action, mm-hmm. you can't stop it if you have an injury. So I'm no football player at all. I've I did not grow up playing sports. I didn't play sports in high school either. So, but the injuries that I have sustained, the corrective work that my chiropractor has done on my body in the last year. If I stop going to her, if I miss, I go see her once a week. If I miss an appointment, I didn't just miss one week. I missed two weeks. Two weeks of her correcting my body and my ribs dislocated my sleep. For anybody who is like, what? It is legit the most painful thing you will ever feel in life. One of the most painful things. And I this happens pretty much every night that I sleep. I get these adjustments so she can push my ribs back into place. I get these adjustments because I have degenerative disc failure. It's something I inherited from my father. My father has it. I believe my brother and sister have it. My grandfather had it. So our disc, once they sit on top of each other, extreme pain. I have to see a chiropractor for the rest of my life. And I haven't even played no contact sports. Right. Imagine these men who have been getting hit up and down, left and right. And they are no longer getting the medical care that they got while they were playing that you spoke of, Tamara. Their body is doing this. Y'all can't see it, but it's pretty much like a fist closing and sometimes once it gets all the way closed, you can't ever open that back up. You're just fucked. Yeah. And they don't have the money to help themselves. Yeah. But why? Let's let's talk about why they don't have the money. Because I know some people are like, well, they're adults. They should they should know this. They should know that. You are talking about people who are were drafted straight out of high school. Or straight out of college, they've never made any money in their life. In their some life. people have never worked. This is their first fucking job. Right. Or some people were working, but they was making, I think one of the football players said he was making $86 a week. Yes. Yeah, you went from making $86 a week at your job to you have a check for playing one game, $300 motherfucking thousand dollars what do what would you do Tara I I want a very honest answer from you right now what would you do if you got your dream job and your first check was three hundred thousand dollars what would you do I mean if it was my first check obviously I haven't racked up enough vacation time because I would (laughs) leave the country like that (laughs) But I don't probably have no PTO. Um, but I would probably go out and buy a car that I have really wanted. 
Um, maybe put a down payment on a big old big ass house. Like I would, I would spend extravagantly if that was my first. That was my first paycheck. Like, and that, and I'm getting another one at, in the next month. Yes. So imagine the you get paid for every game that right. you play. So these guys are getting fat ass fucking checks. Well, some of them, not all of them, are getting these checks. But the guys who are making millions, right? They're getting these big ass checks literally every. And some of them are very young and nobody is telling them it's no different than the kids who come straight out of high school and go to college. And nobody has given us financial information about student loans. It's no different. So these guys, they're literally living paycheck to paycheck, but in most people's minds, living paycheck to paycheck looks like you're poor, right? So when you have $300,000 checks, you don't look like you're poor at all. But you get to the end of the season, and because you've been living paycheck to paycheck, you don't have no more money. Yeah. That, when That's he how said you go broke. When he said that in the in the documentary, I was like, wait, you got to the end of the season, you ain't had no money. What was you doing? <laughs> like, because you know, you're... You're thinking about this from the perspective of an almost 50-year-old woman who has lived life and you know you don't spend all your fucking paycheck. Yeah. Even though you can, you shouldn't because you've got to live off of this money. Yeah. But but you know it was it, it's always very telling and in watching broke that everybody was like, they asked the question, what would, what did you buy with your first paycheck? And all of yes. them pretty much said the same thing. I bought my mama house. I bought my mama house. I bought my mama mm-hmm. house. I bought my mama. It, it was like everybody said it. So they bought their mama mm-hmm. a house. Okay. So you bought your mama house. That's one paycheck gone. Because of course you didn't buy her just a regular house. You mm-hmm. bought her her dream house. Mm-hmm. So then, you know, I was, I got a Porsche. Then I bought a tricked out Escalade and a Denali. And then like, it was just, uh, it was so many. Then, you know, I got a bat of chains and I'm going to the strip club and I'm tossing up a 10, 10 grand every night at the strip. What? <laughs> Edwards said <clears throat> something that I should, I mean, and they have financial classes now. Yeah. But Herm Edwards says, you only need one of everything. You do not need more than one of anything. Get one of everything. But you know, there was no Herm Edwards to talk to guys like Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson was, what, 20 years old? When When he he, he didn't finish college. Yeah. Yeah, when he went to the NBA, he was 20. And Magic Johnson's net worth today is $620 fucking million. That's what's up, Magic. But... Y'all, that did not all come from the NBA. Magic Johnson was has been enterprising, has had an enterprising mind since he was a child. He knew he was not going to be in Michigan for the rest of his life. He was had, <laughs> yeah, he had big dreams, and people can say what they want to say about Magic because he talk a little funny. That has nothing to do with how smart that man was. Right. Is. He went on, he owns 30 Burger Kings. He was the first person to be like, put Starbucks in the hood. You know, 
Black people like coffee. Black people. This shouldn't just be about white stay-at-home mothers drinking coffee. Put hey. these Starbucks where people are gonna. People will buy the coffee if you put it there. So he he owns Starbucks. He owns over 12, 24 fitness. Magic Johnson Theaters. I used to give my money to Magic Johnson Theaters at least twice a month. That was my shit. That theater was the fucking bomb, okay? And it had a Starbucks in that bitch. So you used to drink Starbucks while you was watching your goddamn movie. He has controlling stakes in a cable network that he founded, life insurance. He owned, he bought, he felt the Lakers was his home so much. That he was part owner of the Lakers for 16 years. Mm-hmm. How many people know that? He was part owner of the Lakers for 16 years. He's part owner of a WNBA team. He purchased the LA Dodgers with some other investors. Mm-hmm. Part owner of a soccer, a major league soccer team. Of course, he owns some TGI Fridays too. He's invested, he's even done his part. You know, he contracted HIV. And so he a lot of his philanthropy has to do with that too. But he invested in the medical industries, simply healthcare. He's part right. of that shit too. Like when we talk about diversified portfolios, he is a huge example that whoever whoever was over the organizational development when it comes to bringing new guys into the NBA or the NFL or the major leagues for baseball, they all should have looked at Magic Johnson because he really is like the blueprint for how to set up your life because you cannot play basketball forever. He even tried to coach the Lakers. He won about five games, lost about 11. Look, <laughs> and then he was like, "I remember okay, that. It. I remember that period." And I'm at you. <laughs> fuck it, I'm gonna go back and play. I think he played like one game. It was just like, nah, HIV is kicking my ass. I can't play anymore. Yeah. So what do you do? You have a family that you can't let down, and you also have to take care of yourself. He saw tons of his team members go on to be broke. He was and like, that, "That's not gonna be me." And that's the thing is that. Now, I know that they have those types of classes for, for finances and financial investing and all those different things. But you have to think that, because um, a lot of the guys that were in, first of all, the uh, documentary broke. It came out in 2012. So it's it's 10 years old yeah. at this point. And a lot of those guys who were uh, featured in that particular documentary came out of college in the, you know, 90s. Uh, early 90s, late 90s, some of them, you know, earlier, because Bernie Kozar was on the documentary. That's yep. a whole other story. Um, and so they were kind of telling their stories. And again, this we're looking at that documentary. A lot of times, those kids that get that money straight out of college or they're um, fresh out of high school when they go into the NBA, they've never seen that type of money. They don't know anything about financial planning. But then they have their family who you think will help them who actually is stealing most of that money. Yes. <laughs> Which I wasn't shocked 
But I was just kind of like, wow, like you are literally just taking the, taking this young man's money because you feel like you're obligated to it because you're family. Like it was, mm-hmm. and then they cut, you know, your family or your friends come to you with all these stupid investment ideas that you, and you want to support your family. So these people were re- literally just giving, giving money away sans any financial guidance. The craziest story on the whole thing was the old lady, the old Asian lady that had power of attorney over Michael Vick's, uh, checkbook and did, was doing a party. Like, who is this woman? <laughs> she don't find me to buy the house, wait. Like, I was so confused by that whole, like, the whole thing. And then the guy after him was uh, getting paid in gold chains and Mercedes. It was, it was, it was kind of ridiculous. But again, there was no guidance. You know, I know that they're um, they have that now. It is in place because the goal is for when these men finish their careers that they have something to live off of, or they have invested their their you know their time and money into something that will generate income for them as they get older, for them and the, you know for their family, for their children, um, and. You know, I can appreciate that. And um, one of the guys that we talked about earlier was Jamal Mashburn. Mm-hmm. Um, again, some of y'all ain't going to know who Jamal Mashburn is. Again, <laughs> might be a little too young. But uh, Jamal, I think he was drafted in 93. He played in the um, NBA for 11 years. Um, he worked as an ESPN analyst after he got um, out of the NBA. But as of 2018, he owned nine, over 90 businesses. He owned 34 Outback Steakhouses, because you know we love our Outback. <laughs> <laughs> 37 Papa John franchises, and then car dealerships all over the state of Kentucky. So... You know, he he even said in the documentary that he's making more money now as a business owner than what he made when he was in the in the NBA. And he said that his goal was to be able to, you know, continue a life for his, you know, his wife and kids and his family. So, you know, some people realize they've made mistakes and that they turn it around so that they can make that that type of money. But like at the end of the documentary, they scrolled off a list of athletes that filed bankrupt. Yes, <laughs> it was a very long list. Now this, now this was from 2012. Now it's been 10 years. I'm sure we can add some more names to that list. The thing with 30 for 30, though, is I know that the the episode was called Broke, but I feel like they should have shined some light on the right way to do things more because they don't, they didn't say all the things that these athletes could have invested in. It was just like, you shouldn't have did this. You shouldn't have did that. And they did throw a little shade. Like they wanted to open a car wash. That didn't make no money. Listen, Shaquille O'Neal has 150 car washes, nigga. 
Wait, 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 no. The funniest, <laughs> the funniest investment, girl, was the tomatoes to make ketchup. That one That was some fuckery. <laughs> or the the guy who said someone came up to him and was like, if you need somebody to push that work. Yeah. And then the white the white guy that was sitting there was like, work? And he was like, drugs. <laughs> but that's some hood shit right you get money and people are just like what you want to invest your money in and I've I've always thought about this like if I ever came into like hella hella money enough to like be on people radar that don't give a fuck about me as of today I really would be like what's your business plan because they mentioned that when you be like so what's your business plan and then you hear the cricket symphony Yes. Like, I'm not giving you any money just because you say you have an idea. Yeah. If you're serious about it, then you should have a business plan. I'll even pay for you to get your business plan put together if you're serious about it. Because investing that amount of money to create a business plan is a drop in the bucket when you have millions, right? Yeah. Yeah. But what I'm not going to do is I'm not going to hand you 30000 and be like, Go flip this. We but can, selling drugs here. But I feel, but I feel like the people that approached them with these ridiculous ass ideas actually thought that that was what was they were gonna go in there and be like, I would like to open up a, a fish and waffle spot, and that they was just gonna stroke them a check and be like, I mean, because you know, I think the thinking is everybody has to eat, so a restaurant, and you and I talk about this all the time that you know. Restaurants really aren't the lucrative business deals that people think that it is. And people think it is because, well, people have to eat. Yeah, but when you start looking at the overhead and how much food costs, anytime inflation increases, restaurants get hit hard. Yeah. Because you have budgeted for this certain amount of money to go towards the operation of your business. And then inflation hits and where are you going to get the rest of the money? Yeah. Like you can't just increase prices exponentially because it's a recession. Like, and this is why a lot of restaurants go out of business, but I love mentioning Shaquille O'Neal in this space because he started young in the NBA too. Mm -hmm. And he played for 20 fucking years. Knees gone. But he also has a master's in business and a PhD in education. He didn't take for granted that one day I will not be able to use my height and, you know, my skills as a basketball player. I have to use my fucking brain. And that's why his net worth is $400 million. This nigga owns... Hello franchise restaurant. Everything. He does. He's like the most enterprising person that I've ever seen from the sports arena. He truly is a businessman. Like he has his hands in so much stuff. He will never go broke. His kids will never go broke. His grandkids will like this man has made sure to touch everything in life that you want and need and he also created his own food brand which is based in vegas he has Mm -hmm. 10 locations there but as of last year he's looking to expand in austin and phoenix 
he's never going to go broke. And he actually, I was watching a podcast that he was on. I can't remember the name of it, but he's like, I'm open to talking to the young guys about this because I don't want them to be broke. And I feel like the guys who are going to pay attention, we've seen them. LeBron is one of them. Yeah, like, and that's the thing is that you you have the people that are going to pay attention, and you have the people that are going to disregard. Like that's that's always going to be that's life. So that's just what it's going to be. But the ones who who need to hear it and want to hear it will seek that out. But also, a lot of times when they do, you know, when they do like the rookie sessions for whatever sports, you know, if it's the NFL and NBA, they always bring people in to talk to them, you know, about things. So I know that they they get that, but but whether they grasp it and gravitate toward it, you know that's that's person to person, you know. But I mean, Shaq is a, a wonderful example of how to look diversify your portfolio. That man made me happy. Yeah. Actually, wanted to eat some Papa John's, and you know we had stopped fucking with Papa John's after a while. He's on the board of Papa John's, and I looked up like. He has like a over eight million dollar deal with Papa John's over the course of like three years, and he's on the board of directors. And, and is that headquarters here in Atlanta? I feel like that headquarters is here in Atlanta, or it I was. Remember. Yeah, I can't remember. But I, but yeah, this isn't to say that Magic hasn't made some poor business choices, and this isn't to say that Shaquille hasn't either. But they've made enough good ones. That let let men like this be your blueprint. Um, NFL. Oh, Marshawn. Yes, Marshawn. Oh yeah, good old Marshawn. Look, I had to once. You know, everybody always talks about Marshawn and finances. Like I remember when he played for Seattle, they said that in the um, that he was the guy that the that the players went to to get information about um, mm-hmm. investing, what stocks to buy, and things like that, because they say he was very knowledgeable of it. But I looked up Marshawn to see the things that he actually owned or mm-hmm. was a part of. So this is Marshawn now, that um, he's part owner of the Seattle Kraken, He's a, a brand ambassador for the uh, NFL's Players Association. He's an uh, Oakland Roots owner. He has his own Beast Mode, his apparel brand. He has yep. his own cannabis company. He has his own venture capital fund. Um, he he has deals with BET, MGM, Fanatics, Skittles. Like, you name it. Look, you're mm-hmm. doing ads with Subway. Like, any Marshawn Lynch has done a lot as far as endorsements. And he, the rumor was that when he was playing in the NFL, because you have to think about it, Marshawn actually retired earlier than people expected him to. Yep. Um, I think he did that for a reason because he didn't want to be beat up. Like, yep. because he, he played a position where he got hit a lot. Um, But, I, I mean, I think that was very smart of him. Like he mm-hmm. wants to be mobile as he um as he gets older. But there was the the whole thing that he actually didn't use any of his NFL money and all the money that he lived off of was uh his endorsement money while he played in, in the NFL. Now he has 
since dispelled the rumor. He was like, I did use some of my NFL money. He was like, but I didn't use all of it because I was making a good enough money off of my endorsements. I mean, like, we see Marshawn Lynch on things now. We get hyped about whatever the product is. Like, he was in a Doritos commercial, and I was like, man, I want Doritos. Like, it's influential. <laughs> like, but, um, but yeah, so, I mean, he made very very smart moves, but I think that that was also something that they said that when he was in college, it was something that he studied in college, so that's how he knew Mm -hmm. how to really work financially um, when he was, when he got those big paychecks, so I don't ever feel like he will ever be broke. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's the whole mind state that you have around money is Mm -hmm. what's going to help you preserve yourself, or, you know, your hopes and dreams I, I've had people ask me, what would what would you do if somebody gave you your number right now? And my plans for life would not change. Right. I would still do the things that you and I have talked about doing within the next five years. I would still do the things that I talked about doing in the next 10 years. However, with that money, I could probably do it faster. Yes. You know, but the goal is... In, in these instances is to make our money work for us. And a right. lot of us, we were just, we grow up in these neighborhoods. And it, when you look at 30 for 30, 90, shit, 99% of the people that they're talking about and talking to are black. Right. Very so much. we, you know, most of the black guys that are drafted into the, NBA, the NFL, into any major sports arena. Look at where they come from. If you grew up in the scarcity mindset when it comes to money, the minute you get a bunch of it, you are going to spend it recklessly. If you don't have anyone to tap you on the shoulder and be like, look here, right. don't spend all your money. You don't Because you don't have to. First of all, use your position to get the things you want, mostly. Right. Because, as you know, Tamara, this is how the rich stay rich. They don't spend that fucking money. Nope. They let other people spend money on them. Exactly. And I think that's a that's something that we as Black people, we don't really experience because, generally speaking, we are not the people who hold most of the money. So right. our mindset is... You know, I finally got a lot. So now I get to get everything that I've always wanted. And it's like, you can still get the things that you want. You just don't do it all at once. Yeah, don't do it all at once. And that's and that's kind of, you know, that was a lot of things that they touched on about. I, I was I thought and broke what was funny was the part where they talked about Evander Holyfield getting that house. The Rick Ross current resident. Yes. <laughs> Where the man was like, he's like, I'm gonna get this house. Um, it's gonna be fifty two thousand square feet. And and the guy was like, fifty two thousand square feet? He was like, Can you make it half? He was like, You don't need that much space. And then the what maintenance happened? alone is gonna kill yeah. you. When Rick Ross said that the maintenance on that location it was like a million dollars for landscaping. No. Mm-mm. Absolutely fucking Evander. not. You built you built it too big, Evander. But, you know, the, there's also an area we're mentioning the more, you know, the 
very popular sports that we know. But boxing, Mike Tyson oh, lost a lot of money. He made of people hella money. And he made people hella money. He was a teenager making all this money. Yeah. But you know, I'm a, Don King stole a lot of his money. That's all I'm going to say. Of course. Of course <laughs> he did. Everyone saying. knows this for a fact. Even yeah. Mike knows this. Yeah. You know, and unfortunately, you know, all personal feelings about Mike's past to the side. Nobody deserves to have their money stolen no, from no, them simply because they're young and or they're ignorant. Mike also came from a scarcity mindset. He didn't have shit. The nigga was homeless in and out of jail as a kid. So when he does start making money, his money wasn't even really important to him. If we're going to be honest, yeah, he re- it was, being it, cared about. It was like he gave he gave shit away a lot of times. Because that was never important to Mike. He just wanted somebody to care about his ass. Mm-hmm. And the more he thought you cared about him, the more money he would give yeah, you. That's what I wanted, the more money he gave you. Yep. So it's like, all, I feel like all of these major sports arenas, if you truly care about your product, why wouldn't you want it to perform for you for as long as possible? Don't view these players as being so expendable that, oh, I can replace them with somebody else. Listen, there's only one Penny Hardaway in the world. There's yep. only one Michael Jordan. There's only one Irvin Magic Johnson. There's only one LeBron. There was only one Kobe. Like, I can continue to name names. Even when the new players are coming up in the league, there's still only one Steph Curry. Right. Why wouldn't you want these people to have a longer legacy playing for you. Well, here's the thing is that the humane side of us yeah. yes, would agree with what you said. Um, the capitalist side, they don't give a shit. Oh, yeah. The ca- this is, this is, now you're getting to the nitty gritty. Yeah. The, cap- <laughs> the capitalist portion of that. They don't, and that's and that's the thing is that, and that's why I feel like because they view you as expendable as an athlete at times, that you need to make sure that you got your shit together financially because here today, gone tomorrow. That's really kind of you know what it is. That is really what it is. Unfortunately, that's that's kind of how it is, and that's why you know again. I think if if you know that your child is an athlete, and I'm going to take it all the way back, if you know your child is an athlete and they have a love for any sport or a sport and your child is good at the sport, you recognize that your child is good at the sport and you nurture that child to do the best they can at this sport. I would say if you feel like you, your child is going to make money in this sport, you start talking to them about money early the fuck on. Like early on. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, money conversations, in theory, people think that they're easy to have with children, but children do not understand how money works right? until they start spending it. Yes. So it's kind of one of those things where I know, especially within our culture, it's always, you got to earn, you got to earn your money. But, and I hate to refer to the Philistines, But how they teach their children about 
money and how black people teach their children is two totally different things yeah. but it is it does play a big part in why their children granted generational wealth is on their side yeah. but it does play a big part in it like but we know bugs not playing any sports that's not her thing right bug wants to own the sports team she Good wants to call her. the shots right right but she also she understands things cost money but she doesn't understand the value of a dollar because all of her needs are always covered right she doesn't know what i have to do to make sure those things are covered right. but she doesn't ever operate in a space of scarcity because she doesn't have to right she doesn't there's not a moment where she's just like oh well i can't do this because i have to stretch this because none of those things cross her mind i in fact i have to be like dude leave some for me please like money doesn't grow on trees and i say this to her but that's another thing in in how we raise our children even when we don't have an abundance of money, how do we teach our children these things? Because a lot of us are learning as we go too. Right. So it's kind of like, yeah, it starts at home, but money conversations are, they're not easy as adults. No, they're not. They're very not. You know what I'm saying? But I just, and again, it's a, there's a whole lot of things that can be done uh, to help with these athletes and their finances. I mean, again, like I said in previous episodes, all this information out there, there are, you know, classes, they bring the people in to talk to the people, you know, but a lot of times I sometimes feel like when they bring the people in, they bring their people in. So how do I know? speak. You have to speak to people where they're at. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you bring in, if you bring in white people to teach black people about money, but they're speaking to them as if they're speaking to white people, they are going to fall asleep. That shit's fucking boring. Yeah. So bring in people like when Herm was talking to those guys, they mm-hmm. were actually paying attention because he was talking to them based on where they were at. Right. And it's like, if you want to succeed, if you want to get to over there, you have to start doing this over here. So make things relatable to them. Mention the cars, mention the chains, you right. know, mention the houses, these mansions that you don't even need. It's just you in there. Right. All of this shit is for show. But if you don't have shit to show at the right. end, what was all of this for anyway? So I think that helps even... Just from an organizational development standpoint is if you want these guys to succeed financially, meet them where they're at and talk yeah. to them from that place. Don't speak to them from a place of privilege. It's going to go on one ear and out the other. Exactly. That's very true. That is very true. Everybody doesn't have that mindset of being able to absorb information, like filter through it, you right. know? Right. So- what what's the catch all type of conversation that you would have? Speak to them from a place that you can relate to. And if you cannot relate to them, get someone in there that can. Can, yes. So why aren't they why why isn't the NFL and the NBA 
why aren't they hiring Marshawn and Shaquille and Irvin to talk to these guys? Wait, wait, wait but they did hire Marshawn because he came okay. in. Do you remember the, the famous speech, take care of your health, get your chicken right? <laughs> Do you yes. remember that <laughs> Yes. That was him coming in and talking to them. But was then? But did the NFL pay him to do that? I mean, that's what he does as a part of his uh, being a brand ambassador for the Players Association. That's oh, those okay. Does yeah. That so those are, those are things that he does. But it was funny because I feel like when he said that, that every black man in the room yes understood exactly what he was saying. And I'm yes. pretty sure the white guys are kind of like, does he have chicken? Mm-hmm. Like yes. No. <laughs> 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 idea what the fuck he was talking about. Yeah, I but mean, I you know. It. I loved it for him. Speak our language. Yes. And maybe, you know, maybe there will be less of us if 30 to 30 does another episode on Broke. Yeah. And maybe they won't have enough information to even do that. That is, that's my hope. Well, we say I mean, show. I mean, I hope that that's something that they show as a part of like their finance. Let's we're gonna watch a documentary, and that's part of, part of it that they show them because yeah. I mean, if these are people who have been where you are, and look at what happened to them. And again, I feel like we're in an age now where everybody's like a investment crypto bro. So I feel like people are investing, but we can talk about cryptocurrency at another day because I have my own issues with that whole thing. But um. But I feel like, but I feel like they the knowledge is there now that maybe some of the younger athletes are actually investing in things like um, like I just saw the other day that uh, why can't I think of his name right now that he um, started his own vegan food line. Uh, why he's so cute to me, and I know his I see his little face in front of me, and I can't <laughs> remember his name. But uh, either way, I'm gonna look it up and I'm gonna remember. But like, so now everybody is is doing these different things, and so it's a little different. I feel like ten years later after broke, but I mean, you know, I still feel like there may be some that are falling through the cracks that we might need to get our hands. Camera, this is not Pokemon. Pokemon, we can't catch them all. We can't. I know we can't. <laughs> I'll be trying, I swear to. Listen, I I know you want to help everyone, but everyone's not going to listen. But for those who do, show me the money. I I hope this new generation that's coming through professional sports really takes to heart, you know. Chris Paul. (laughs) Chris Paul is the one that has the vegan food food, uh, brain. Yeah, I'm looking forward to. Isn't aren't they gonna do a um a biopic on Chris Paul? Are they? I think. Yeah, I think so. I think they are, and I think uh, what's his name is gonna play him, J. Alphonse. Oh wow! I mean, this is definitely sidebar. Yeah, this is sidebar. But I, you know, the thing I appreciate about Chris Paul is that um, he also donated money to. I think it was like vegan, like vegan snacks and snack machines. He made sure that they were all the HBCUs. And when he goes to games, he wears the HBCU clothing to um, 
to advertise those colleges, to promote those colleges when he goes. I like Chris Paul a lot. So I think he's one of the smart ones and I appreciate him for the things that he has done and, and set an example. Jay Ophans is playing Chris Paul in the series on FX, The Sterling Affairs. Talk about Donald Sterling's bullshit. Yeah. I can't wait till that shit come out. I'm I'm ready. I'm looking like this. I'm ready to see it. But um yeah, I, you know I wish the best for all of these sports people so that they can keep their coins because it doesn't make any sense for them to endure such trauma to their body and not have any compensation left. They're just growing old and rickety. And they're back where they started. Yeah. it's It's got to end somewhere. So, yeah. Hopefully... I was going to say, and if you guys have a moment, have some time, have an hour and five minutes, go and watch Broke. Again, it was done in 2012, but it was very informative. It was very informative. It's quite sad. Into who? <laughs> come back, come back next week. I, I'll just flat out tell you next week, we're, uh, we're talking about the collegiate side of sports. Baby. We, you know, it's, we're going to have a different perspective too from there because a lot of times when you talk about sports, you immediately center on the male side of things. Mm-hmm. But there are lots of women who are involved in sports on the back side of things, administrative side, management side, all of that. And so when you come back next week, you'll hear us talking about that with a special guest. Yay, special guest. So you'll find out who that is when you come back to listen to another episode of Outside Voice Inside. Thank you guys for listening. Bye. Please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at OVI Podcast. Subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Amazon Music, or Audible. And thank you for listening to Outside Voice Inside.